Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for a big Tuesday game day edition of WST Jets and the Dallas Stars tonight. Winnipeg gets another crack at Dallas who and looked to start another winning streak, which is what they did after they played Dallas a few weeks ago before that West final, but should be a great game tonight. Hellebuck back in the net for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll head to the locker room in a few minutes and hear from Coach Rick Bonus and uh, get ready for tonight's tilt. We'll also have Mike McIntyre jump on the program, and a little later on today, talk a little bit more about this season that the Stars have had so far with Saad Youssef, who is the uh, Stars reporter, as well as covering the Dallas Cowboys for The Athletic. Looking forward to that. Um, and listen, there's lots to talk about around the National Hockey League. Not what you guys are talking about in chat right now, uh, but Patrick Kane... Dean Evanson getting fired. So um, John Mattis from the score hey. will uh, jump on. We'll see whether he thinks the uh, Jets are the best team in Canada. Okay, there there is actually some breaking news. Um, that is, yeah, Corey Perry's been trending on Twitter um, for yeah, the last. I'm tw- aware. But listen to this: Charlie Rumliota started to wrench Doozer in chat, uh, alerting us the Blackhawks have placed Corey Perry on an unconditional waivers and plan to terminate his contract effective immediately. So. Not really sure what's going on there. What Corey? What they said they were sending Corey Perry away. His agent said he needed some time away. Uh, no. And what's the? What's the, here's the statement, Huss. After sorry to derail this Winnipeg sports talk with Corey Perry, um, with Corey Perry talk, but uh, I'm just gonna bite my tongue. Yeah. About this. Yes, please. It, go, it just go says ahead. here's the statement, uh, and we're kind of this is breaking news. News here. After internal investigation, the Blackhawks have determined that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. As such, Corey Perry has been placed on unconditional waivers. In the event he clears waivers, we intend to terminate his contract effective immediately. Bye bye. So he's he's done. He's done. Um, yeah. Listen, I mean, uh, hey, listen. I'm I have the internet. I'm familiar with what is being with, which is why Perry and Bedard were trending yesterday. I just honestly think it's pretty distasteful. Um, and yes, this is an 18 year old kid. Um, that is going to be the face of the National Hockey League, and he's what six weeks into his NHL career, and this is what he's dealing with. Now, I will say this. I think with a little bit more transparency from the Blackhawks, maybe this could have been avoided. Um, but who knows? Um, it, it has been very strange as to how tight-lipped everyone has been in, have been about this, every single insider. So it is what it is, but I, I certainly am not going to pile on. Um, there's enough people taking shots at the Blackhawks for the way they handled sexual harassment in the past, and I think a lot of this stuff that's been online, frankly, is sort of public sexual harassment of people that, from my perspective, are completely innocent until proven guilty. So I, I, I'll take a time out on this. Feel free to, you know, go at it with the memes and all that, but... Um, you know, it's something that I know a lot of people are talking about. Uh, and, and, and listen, it has been somewhat mysterious. I mean, they did bring this guy in to be one of those veteran players with Bedard. 
Um, and it has been very strange uh, as to the silence out of Chicago and really anybody kind of in the know. So there's the Charlie Rumliotis. And uh, the one thing the Blackhawks won't be doing going forward is having to deal with Corey Perry. And hopefully this can be in the background for Connor Bedard. And of course, that team is going to be here on Saturday afternoon when uh, Bedard makes his Canada Life Center debut as, uh, as an NHLer. Um, listen, uh, well, we may as well get right into this. I'll quickly thank our sponsors for making this show happen each and every day. Uh, the gang at uh, Modern Man, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery and Canadian Club, Vita Health, Fresh Market. Don't forget, if you're listening on the podcast, get over to winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest and enter to uh, qualify for our marble race on Thursday for the Trevor Linden autographed jersey and the Prairie Natural Supplements. We'll announce two more qualifiers today a little bit later on in the program uh wallace and wallace f apparel nick and nicky dq princess auto royal sports boston pizza the winnipeg jets and little brown jug and a special thanks to nick and nicky dq and our great partners of boston pizza who are going to be supplying some ice cream and pizza for everybody at our holiday party next wednesday little brown jug december 6th um folks tickets are available right now we do have limited capacity but hope that we can see all of you there and i know there's lots of podcast listeners that are regulars listening every day we'd love to see you it is all in support of the christmas cheer board every cent of what we have coming in from the tickets which are 11.98 you can get that at the link right now in the description of this video or go to winnipegsports.com and click the link um, we'll come together we'll enjoy some of winnipeg's favorite local beers little brown jug have a couple slices maybe an ice cream treat play a little bubble hockey and uh, just get festive and do it for a great great cause and uh, Little Brown Jug is putting together a great package of some merchandise and beer. We'll probably work on a couple of other prizes and we'll do a little raffle. It's like five tickets for 10 bucks um, and try and uh, try and raise some more money for um, for our friends at the Christmas Cheer Board who do so much important work around their community for those in need at the holiday season. So book it next Wednesday, December 6th, Little Brown Jug. Get your tickets now. Thank you very much. And we hope to see you uh, to see you then. Um, all right, Reem, let's um, let's get going uh, on this today. And again, you mentioned kind of the big news of Corey Perry. We're going to touch on these two stories with uh, John Mattis coming up shortly. But Patrick Kane has a new home in the Motor City, and the Minnesota Wild have a new coach in John Hines after Dean Evanson took a bullet yesterday. Yeah, well, he got uh, he. I was going to say he was the first coach fired, but no, it was actually Jay Woodcroft uh, a couple weeks ago. And Minnesota's been super disappointing this year. They've kind of been that bubble playoff team, but they really took a nosedive. They haven't got the goaltending uh, they have in the past. Uh, you know, their goal differential minus twenty, which is uh, just one goal better than the Blackhawks. Not great, five ten and four record. Uh, it hasn't gone well uh, for Chicago, and I don't know. I, I I don't think Dean Evison turned into a bad coach all of a sudden. I think the GM has made some moves that have hamstrung the team. Like, I don't know, buying out uh, Parise and Suter. And by the way, Ryan Suter is on the top pair D tonight for Dallas. But what, they have $14 million in uh, dead cap space. Uh, real tough to feel to field an optimal roster, Huss, when you have uh, $14 mil in dead cap space. So the, the coach bites the bullet here, as you said, and... Hopefully Minnesota can turn around, but it seems like they need to embrace uh, the rebuild there. 
because they've just been years and years of uh, getting the playoffs and getting eliminated in the first round. Although even when they had a good team, when they like would finish very high in the central, they still lost in the first round. It's been it's been weird in Minnesota. They just can't get yeah. it done in the playoffs. Listen, they've been a real competitive team for a long time. Um, have they had a big cup run? No, but I, you know, it's so easy to say, oh yeah, just rebuild, blow it up. That's what everyone was saying about the Jets last summer. Remember? I mean, there's no guarantees on any of that, and they do have a lot of talented players. But you know, you're exactly right. I mean, they, but when they made those buyouts, um, they knew that there was going to be some pain over the next few years when it comes to what they were able to spend compared to their counterparts in the division and the rest of the league. But they felt it was that important to get it done. Um, listen, there was some pain for the Winnipeg Jets and forking out $5.5 million to Blake Wheeler to uh, to move on. Um, but I think we're seeing right now that was an incredibly important move for the Winnipeg Jets to do. And we'll hear an interesting comment from Rick Bonus coming up on all of that. I mean, if you really want to figure out why the wild like i mean they had 12.7 million in cap penalties last year and they were a pretty darn good team oh but they were getting great goaltending from philip gustafson like i was just talking about this on the lock shop with dusty in edmonton and a lot of the things we're saying about the wild right now kind of sound like what we were talking about the oilers two weeks ago their goalies can't make a save and their top players have not been playing like their top players and Listen, Kirill Kaprizov has six goals on the season. He's just shy of a point a game, but still not quite superstar numbers that you expect from Kaprizov. And maybe the biggest mystery around there um, and challenge for the next head coach, Reem, is to get Matt Boldy going. I mean, they, they gave this guy the Connor, Kyle Connor deal, didn't they? I mean, $50 million for seven years. He's making seven a year. He's got one goal this season in 12 games. Um, you know, I think Marco Rossi's going to turn into a player for them. Um, but they really, these next couple of years are going to be a real struggle for them as they get through this cap penalty. But I think still now, I heard Michael Russo earlier today on with Merrick said that, you know, the organization felt that they needed to make those moves to move forward culturally. Um, and it's not like they've been a terrible team the last few years. I will say this, though, on behalf of Winnipeg Jet fans no one's uh, shedding too many tears for the Minnesota Wild. The only thing that I regret about this happening now is that Everson will not be on the bench for the back-to-backs between the Wild and the Jets on the 30th and the 31st, considering the fireworks that happened between these teams at the end of the regular season last year, in particular the back-and-forth between the two coaches. Yeah, that's the video that was going around quite a bit. Uh, Rick Bonus and Dean Everson uh, jawing at each other and... That's kind of funny. I did see Ryan Hartman uh, got suspended. I'm looking forward to his return to Winnipeg. I hope he gets booed mercilessly. Uh, so we've had some more breaking news here in the last... Uh, Let's just keep it fire going because, yeah, I mean, I wanted to get to bomber talk in the uh, first part mm-hmm. of the segment because there was a lot going around. What is official? We need a breaking news sounder or something. I got to like get one. I got to get one made. You know what? I, I have a, a to-do list here of sounders I need. We got to get something. I'm... I'm putting on my to-do list there, Then It'll okay, get Here done. it is. Here it is. WST, this is breaking news. Uh, Michael Remus. Yeah, the Bombers have announced two-year contract extension for GM Kyle Walters and that assistant GMs Danny McManus and Ted Govia will return as well. Uh, Ed Tate tweeting that out. And 
As shout out to Paul Friesen, who was first on that li- late last night. And that was the big topic on the show uh, yesterday, you and Jeff discussing the Bombers' uh, future of their management group. Now, there are a lot of questions still about Buck Pierce, uh, Justin Dunk, and uh, Farhan Lalji tweeting yesterday that uh, the Rough Riders very interested in Buck Pierce, and he's one of the finalists for their head coach uh, job. Yes, Justin Dunk saying Riders head coach job down to two per sources, Corey Mace and Buck Pierce. And we've talked so much about this operations cap. You have to wonder if they're going to go if go in a different direction. Uh, because they had to sign what Kyle Walters and Pegovai, Danny McManus, and maybe they'll they know that they'll have a different OC uh, next year. But we'll wait and see. I mean, that was just a uh, you know personal speculation. But the good news is those guys are all back, and yeah. they're going to try to return to the Grey Cup uh, this season. That that is massive for Winnipeg. I mean, we know many of the players um, potentially won't be back. I mean, when you look at the free agent list, the age of some of the players, the challenges in signing everybody. I mean, it's inevitable. But as someone, you know, that, you know, has so much respect for what Wade, Kyle, Ted, Danny, Mike O'Shea has done over this last little while, you feel a lot more confident moving forward that they'll be able to fill the holes in this roster left by potential departing veterans or other free agents um, because of the guys that they uh, they have at the helm. So. Um, that is huge news for Winnipeg, made official today. Two-year deals for Walters, Gavaya, and McManus. And at the same time, Reem, um, plenty of steam out of Saskatchewan that Buck Pierce was in Regina yesterday, and the Riders have narrowed their coaching search down to two individuals, Bomber OC Buck Pierce and Argo's DC Corey Mace. And... You know, I may as well put this out to the uh, why, uh, the uh, the chat right now. A little why not question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Um, how would you feel if Buck Pierce became the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? And more importantly, back at home, um, is there someone that stands out that makes sense to be the next OC of the Bombers if Buck Pierce does get that job? Yeah, I've seen uh, people in chat already saying, bring back uh, Lapa, who we last saw on TSN. Uh, during the playoffs this season and during the Grey Cup. Uh, I do wonder uh, about that. I mean, he'd been here before, uh, but I don't know if he was... Worked with O'Shea before? Yeah, they had success before. He's seemingly uh, available. Loved Winnipeg, wife from Winnipeg, or is his wife Tina? I mean, a great Winnipeg uh, Winnipeg mm-hmm. native. Kids I- spent a lot of time here as youngsters. Yeah, I mean, if Buck Pierce goes to the Rough Riders, I think you don't want to stand in a guy's way of a... Uh, Promotion has like Lapa was on the Rough Riders too, so I don't know. I think it's just there's only there's only nine uh, head coach jobs, so I don't know. I think you'd be happy for him. Maybe it'd be weird uh, at first, but what are you gonna do? You don't we don't want to prevent the guy from uh, becoming a head coach. So yeah, I think you'd be happy for him, but you still dislike the Riders. I think that can, you can do both, right? Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. I mean. I have so much respect for Buck, not just what he's done, you know, graduating from QB coach to the OC when Lapo left, but more than anything, what he gave to this organization as the quarterback when he was getting killed night in and night out under one of the most incompetent regimes of all time in the Canadian Football League in the Joe Mack era and a general manager that didn't seem to value a good offensive line. 
Um, and he took so many hits. He was an absolute warrior. Has been a great member of this community for a long time. And I would be really happy for Buck if it is something that he wants to become a head coach to get that opportunity. And listen, we love poking fun at the riders. And their organization is somewhat in disarray right now. Bringing back O'Day and you know, we know Craig Reynolds and all that. Um, but it would be... It, um, Listen, everyone here in Winnipeg, I think, is still going to be very, very fond of Buck Pierce for about 363 days a year, with the exception of the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl right now. So that's something that we're going to be on. But the big news, of course, is that Walters is back along with Ted Gavaya and Danny McManus. And it is amazing to see how the the differing opinions on a potential return of Lapo as the uh, the new OC, Yin Vivian, Jerry Glanville is new OC. <laughs> I could get behind that. Always a big Jerry Glanville fan. June Jones, another very interesting number from uh, Reg Dunlop. Um, but we'll see what happens. Bottom line is, I think with O'Shea salary, the rest of these deals that were done today, it might be a younger, more inexperienced OC just because of what they're able to pay that individual. Um, again, that's if Buck Pierce is gone. We'll find out what the story with that is going uh, going forward but uh, listen Reem, we're gonna have john mattis come up and join us uh, in a little bit and we'll get to the big stories in and around yeah. the national hockey league outside of the jets but um let's uh let's hear what the uh what we have coming out of the uh out of the camp today and i, I guess the big news is a lot of us myself included sort of expected gabriel velarde to be playing tonight but uh it doesn't look like he's going to be in yet yeah, Gabe Velarde, the first clue, has he was practicing, uh, I guess, as the extra forward line staying the same. Connor Shafley, I follow, Ehlers, Demesnikov, Perfetti, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Gustafson, uh, Axel. And he thought maybe Velarde would be in because, what, they sent uh, Toninato down to the AHL, but not the case. Uh, Rick Bonus saying not quite ready. He's, that he's trying on a new knee brace, trying to get comfortable. Uh, hopeful for Thursday. We'll wait and see there. Uh, Declan Chisholm had his conditioning stint. He was back with the Jets. Uh, but the D pair is the same. Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan, Pionk, Stamberg, Schmidt, Stanley Chisholm. Hellbuck doing his regular starting routine. So this is a big test tonight against Dallas. And uh, no Velarde yet was the big topic this morning. You know, it's funny. And we'll get to you queued up that Velarde update from Bones. Um, and I know you've said this a few times this year, but, you know, last year and in previous years, every single game day, we're waiting for the morning skate. Who's skating with who? What's going on with the lines? Like, these lines have barely changed at all since Velarde got hurt in game three of the season. Um, obviously, Ayafalo moved up onto that top line, and they continue to roll. Um, but yeah, I follow with Shifley and Connor and Metznikov in the middle of Ehlers and Perfetti. The Lowry line with Niederreiter and Appleton and uh, Axel, Gus, and Barron on the fourth line. And uh, wouldn't that be interesting if our first WST game was the game against the Kings where Velarde got hurt and our next WST game might be the game that Velarde returns oh. <laughs> Thursday against well, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> that is crazy. We will be there Thursday with a, with a sizable group. Wouldn't that be... Full circle. That's crazy. Um, and just a note on that: um, check out the Jets website. We'll see and check out if there's still Thirsty Thursday tickets available. I'm not sure if they're in a particular section or you can get them in a particular area, but 
WSD crew is in section uh, 316 and 317 for the game on Thursday. So if you're able to uh, pick a couple spots around there, take care, take advantage of that Thirsty Thursday deal from the Winnipeg Jets and join us for what should be a heck of a game. But first things first, tonight, the Dallas Stars back in town. Jets looking to get one back on Dallas after they came out of Winnipeg with a 3-2 win a couple weeks ago. Um, first things first, Bones gave us a Gabriel Velarde update today. We saw you having a quick little chat with Gabriel there. We were kind of wondering if he might get back in tonight. He won't play Could tonight. You, yeah, explain the thought process on that. Well, he's not ready. Simple as that. He skated with a new brace today, so we'll give him today and tomorrow. And uh, we're really hopeful. Everyone's hopeful for Thursday, but we'll decide that. He'll be he'll be one of those game-time decisions that we love to talk about. When you say not ready, is it more comfortability with yes. the brace? Or, okay. yeah. yeah, give him another full practice with the team tomorrow. We haven't practiced much in the last week because of the travel and the games. So he's done it. You know, you get a couple of guys out there and you do some bang on one-on-one drills, and it's not the same as a full-on practice. So we'll be able to do that with him tomorrow. All right, so there's Bones. No Velarde tonight. We'll see whether he returns on uh, on Thursday against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, listen, the game earlier this year um, was interesting. It was Scott Wedgwood in as opposed to Jake Ottinger. Wedgwood, Wedgwood played very well. Um, and in a game that the Winnipeg Jets were very much in, fell just short, uh, but after that went on that winning streak that ended last Sunday against the Nashville Predators. Um, the Jets will be looking to beat Dallas and start another winning streak tonight. Here's Bones on uh, going up against the Stars. Listen, they're a great hockey club, and we're, we're all, we all know where we are. We want to be in that elite category, then you beat the elite teams. It comes down to that. And um, so, you know, we, we, had a, we had a good road trip in terms of we got four out of six. We're not happy with how we played and how we lost that point, at least one point in Nashville. But more importantly now, it's just, again, you want to stay in that top elite, then you've got to earn your right, man. you gotta, you got to earn the right to stay there. And to stay there, you've got to beat the top teams, and Dallas is certainly a top team. It seems very much, yeah, like Dallas has become a barometer in a way. What is it about how they test your patience and your belief in doing the right thing every single shift? Well, they, listen, they've got a lot of skill, and they've got three well-balanced lines there. I was looking at their lineup. I think there's 10 or 11 guys skating there that weren't there two years ago, right? So they've changed that team around a lot, and they've all good moves. I mean, Jimmy's done a wonderful job there. Pete's done a wonderful job, he and his staff. But they, they can hurt you in a lot of ways, and uh, they can be physical with their defense. Some of the guys they got back there, and you got Jamie Ben up there leading the team, and uh, we got one of the best lines in hockey with Rupe's line. So they're very well balanced, and they can beat you in different ways. And uh, I think when we played them the last time, when I was watching it on TV, I was. I kind of felt like we beat ourselves with some turnovers and not making simple little plays. Like one of the goals, we get the shorthanded goal. We got the puck at the blue line, and we we don't we don't do anything with it, and they go and score. Like that's beating yourself. So I, I so they're probably angry, but we we beat ourselves. Uh, Bones with um, you know a little bit of analysis of a game, one of the games that he missed. That of course was the afternoon game leading into the West Final. Um, the Jets weren't the winners that day. The Bombers did win. Today, it's all about the Jets, and hopefully Winnipeg can get one over on their division rivals in the Dallas Stars. A um, couple other bits from Bones today. 
which kind of more the conversation about the 20 game mark. And, you know, of course he's been in close contact with the coaches and players throughout his absence, returned on the weekend to that great win in Florida. Um, and of course lost to Nashville. Um, in addition to talking about this game against the Dallas stars, which of course is the focus tonight, Bones also was asked about the difference between last season and the team and this year. He's really had to say on that. I, I, our depth, for sure, our balance. I think the room is in a much better place than it was last year. Like those moves we made last, go back to 22 training camp, we made moves and we opened up the room and it's starting to, it's starting to show itself why we did that. And I think the room's tighter. I think the culture here is outstanding and because of the players. Um, it starts with that off the ice. That's where it all starts. You got to have that chemistry. You got to have that culture off the ice. So th this team is a, is a tighter team off the ice, and it's showing itself on the ice. Now, you know, I, you're, you're talking about what could happen. It's our job as coaches now that we know this team better. We know what we look like when we're playing well. That's our job as coaches to stay on them, stay on the individual, stay on the lines, the deep pairings, stay on them and top on, on both their details and their preparation for the game. Saying too that maybe the roles are more defined and maybe even there's more selflessness. And more sorry, what? Selfless. They're yeah. more selfless. Yeah, they, this, this team, you know, I, I, they don't care who scores and they, and they recognize when guys are blocking shots and they, it's all respected in that locker room. And so, you know, guys might not score. But if they save a goal, that's just as important as, 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 as uh, scoring a goal. And the guys are recognizing that. They've learned to recognize all the hard work and things that you, it has to be done by guys who don't score a lot. But they're doing a lot to keep the puck out of the net. And that's just as important as the guys that score the goal. So the roles are different, but the status has to be the same. It, it, it's very interesting to hear Bones, especially just considering he was gone for as long as he was as the team, you know, really developed into uh, a very good five-on-five -five team, one that was playing consistently the same way night in and night out, Reem. Um, but he always seems to come back to uh, the makeup of the team, the culture, the room, if you will, and... And again, I mean, like God knows we, we don't need to kind of revisit everything to do with Blake Wheeler and whatnot, but pretty clear to mention that some of the moves that they have made, and I'm sure if you followed up with this, he'd be talking about the guys coming in, but there has been some addition by subtraction, and I don't think there's any doubt that um, the team as a team is, is in a good of a spot as they've been in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, look, they're getting scoring from all the lines. Uh, which I think is huge. Uh, with the fourth, you know, the fourth line is playing more minutes. Uh, all the defense players very strong, and you look at um, you know in terms of expected goals, they're really prevent doing a great job preventing uh, the high danger chances, and um, you know, and that's just on ice, off the ice. What he says, they're playing for each other. There's that respect in the room. Um, so uh, it seems to be going pretty well, and. I know people who followed this team last year saying, yeah, they're playing great now, but what about the second half that you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop? I feel like this team's, uh, this year's team is much better than last year, but I mean, this is why, why they play the games. We'll wait and see, but you have to be very encouraged with what you're seeing here after 20 games. Well, and, and you know, and what Bones just said, I think gives a lot of credence to, um, you know, people that yesterday when we were talking as a threesome with Connor in here about, you know, a grade mark for the Jets through 20 games and who the MVP is, 
is why Adam Lowry has sort of quietly become a guy that, you know, was not at the top of the scoring leaders, but has done a ton on that third line, but also deserves a lot of credit. Here's one more from Bones, and then we're going to bring John Madison from the score. Uh, Bones, this is kind of what you were just mentioning, Green, was the improved team defense this year. Haven't heard as much um, consternation about the blue line, despite the fact that that was the one area that I think many people thought, you know, still has room to improve. They've certainly played better. Here's Bones on that and more. Yeah, we we started that last training camp, our first year here. We, we cut down drastically on that last year, um, but we weren't number one in the league in that. So I know we were in the top 10 and cutting down grade A chances. We want to keep pushing until we are the best in the league. So there's, listen, there's so many, the game is so much faster today and better coached and better balanced throughout the league. Like it's harder and harder to do those things. So you've got to stay on top of the details every day. You got to keep challenging your team. You got to keep pushing your team. But sometimes you you could be doing everything right and they're still going to make plays because of the talent, the speed of the game today. Um, so, but that's, something as coaches that we are going to we put in place last our first training camp and it's something that we are going to keep pushing all right there's a little bit more bones from this morning seven o'clock tonight jets and dallas stars big central division matchup mike mcintyre is going to jump on a little bit later on to continue a jet specific con uh, conversation but we're going to kind of go around the nhl lots of news coming out of a busy monday yesterday john mattis joining us in just a moment um, hey, we have to give a big thanks to Gary Parks, who made a very nice Movember donation yesterday. We're down to the short strokes, folks. Uh, the guys are finishing up their mustache-growing exploits. The final cams are being put in the treadmills, and the final donations are coming in. If you haven't already and you are able to, help us raise money for very important men's health initiatives this month. You can see the link in the donation and uh, in the description of this video. If you're listening to the pod, head on over to winnipegsportstalk.com. There's a link. And if you're with us right on YouTube, heck, use that uh, QR code right there on the screen, which will take you to the Winnipeg Sports Talk page. We've smashed our goal, but we really want to finish strong. And thanks to Gary and everyone that's donated and all the fellas that have been part of the Winnipeg Sports Talk team. Of course, we're doing it in conjunction with our Great sponsors at Modern Man Barbershops, eight locations in Winnipeg, including their newest locations on Pemina Highway and Plessy Road. Um, Modern Man's got you covered, fellas, with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can book your look and make an appointment right now at any of the eight locations in Winnipeg at modernmanbarber.com. And make sure to give them a follow on Instagram as well for more Movember exploits at Modern Man Barber Shops. Um, our friends at um, Aquatech are probably moving a few hot tubs and spas right now as the uh, weather would call for that. If you're thinking about an in-ground pool, they're the leaders in that. You can take the plunge in 2024 and get working on that as well. But right now, their focus is really on whole home renovations with Aquatech. Uh, with thousands of renos as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home that uh, that home sauna looks pretty appealing right now, to be perfectly honest with you, where the temperatures are heading to. Listen, if you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And speaking of getting ready for winter, um, you know it is inevitable that we're going to be seeing the deep freeze come at some point, and you've got to be ready for that. You can't be on the side of the road calling friends or family or CAA to 
get you off the road because um, the best way to be prepared is to get there in advance with Manitoba Battery and make sure your battery for your car or truck is ready to withstand the Winnipeg winter. It's a pretty easy process to make sure that you will be. Get to manitobabattery.com. Enjoy the best prices in town, period. Beating the pants off the big box stores while shopping local. And when you make your battery purchase in any purchase over $60, Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg inside the perimeter. It is just that easy. So go to manitobabattery.com and order. Give them a phone call, 783-8787. They can walk you through it and get the right battery for you and your vehicle. And then sit back and let Donnie and the gang deliver it to you. It doesn't get any better than that for price or service than Manitoba Battery. Prepare for the Winnipeg winter now at manitobabattery.com. And hey, just before we bring in John, a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. The holidays are upon us. It will be December this weekend, if you can believe it. There'll be entertaining, family gatherings, and plenty of, uh, of revelry, if you will. And there's nothing that's going to make a better part of your spread than Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club. Pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, both for gift-giving and for stocking up for the holidays with all the great Canadian Club products. Of course, don't forget pre-mixed CC and ginger ale cocktails that we loved all summer at the Bomber Games, also available at your local beer store. But make it a CC Christmas and holiday season at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And remember, this holiday season, and always, please enjoy responsibly. All right, let's welcome John Mattis to the score. And there's a lot going on around the National Hockey League in addition to a busy slate of games tonight. John, what's up, man? How are you? Ooh, what is not going on, right? I mean, we've got a marquee player signing. We've got a uh, former Hart Trophy winner in Corey Perry having his contract terminated in very vague terms. Um, we had a coach firing yesterday. Yeah, the, you know, even if you take take the the on ice stuff, the on ice brilliance across the league off the table, we've got plenty to talk about otherwise. Yeah, well, let's kind of focus in on those stories. And listen, we may as well just get to the Corey Perry thing first. I mean, I think we all saw why his name and Connor Bedard getting dragged into this on uh, on social media yesterday. Um, I don't think anybody really wants to comment on that other than it's pretty unsavory. But a big part of the reason why I think this has been allowed to percolate and people having fun with it the way they have been is that, um, if you want to call it that, uh, is that the Blackhawks have said absolutely nothing on this, is that this has been about as closed-door a process as we've seen in a long time from an organization that had committed to greater transparency. Um, he's done with the Blackhawks. They're terminating his contract right now. Um, what what do we know, and why is this one such a... like? Usually when something happens like this, the best insiders at least are in on the game. No one's saying a damn thing, and it's left to jokers on the internet to uh, be the judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, I mean, my best guess is that there's going to be a legal process that plays out here, and whatever the Blackhawks say publicly will be used against them in some way, shape, or form. So that's my guess. I mean, it's possible that they're being vague for their own reasons. Um, if you want to get cynical and think about what happened with Kyle Beach, I, I really hope that's not the case and that things are going to be more transparent moving forward, at least to whatever degree it can be transparent. So we, we know very little about this, but things were 
ostensibly going well in Chicago for Corey Perry as far as you know, Mr. Mentor to uh, Connor Bedard and some of these younger guys and providing some secondary scoring. And, you know, they went out of their way to acquire this guy in the summer. They, they overpaid him by, I don't know, $3 million or so. Um, they had plenty of cap space, so you understood why they did that. Uh, but it's certainly blown up in their face early on here. And even though we don't know all the details, I, I, you have to give the Blackhawks credit in some respect of, of obviously taking swift action here. Terminating a contract is no uh, small move. And it appears like it's all happened within the last week or so. Some sort of complaint. Again, we don't really know what it is. Uh, and then an investigation and then the termination. So um, without knowing much beyond uh, generalities, uh, certainly a sticky situation. And let's face it, guys, like when Corey Perry becomes a free agent, are we going to be surprised if he ends up somewhere else? Assuming that what got him let go, what got the, the, the Blackhawks to terminate his contract isn't um, – uh, you know, something that's going to ruin his career entirely. Yeah, criminal. Um, just because this is a guy that, that's bounced around the league a, a fair bit. Um, a GM loves him. A coach loves him. Uh, so that's another, I guess, side plot to this. Is this the end of Corey Perry's career? Um, or is it just, you know, a couple months off here and he ends up elsewhere? Or the rest of the season off and he ends up elsewhere next year? Uh, that remains to be seen. Do we know whether it's termination with cause? And uh, is he going to get his money? I don't have the press release in front of me, um, but I I don't remember seeing it, 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 the way that it was worded from my memory is that it's he's not going to get his money. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't. All have that being said, release. everything when we're talking about the Blackhawks is all you know secondary to what happens with Connor Bedard because he is the future of this. What if you? We're going to see him on Sunday here with the Blackhawks coming in. Um, I can't remember as much fanfare, as much pressure, as much media attention on a young player in the National Hockey League, you know, in a long, long time. And that includes Austin Matthews and Line A and, you know, probably even Sidney Crosby. Uh, what have you thought about Bedard so far in his rookie season? Well, it's funny you bring up the hype and all the attention because I was in, in Vegas for the preseason uh, NHL, NHLPA media tour. And for people listening that don't know what that is, it's basically – Every year, the league flies roughly 30 players to Vegas, and they go around and talk to all these various media outlets, and it's basically a preseason promotional tour. Um, and Bedard, at this point, is on, like, what, month six of just talking about the possibility of playing, talking about all the expectations, talking about being compared to McDavid. And, you know, I just straight up asked him, like, does all this kind of make you uncomfortable? Because you don't seem like a guy that that necessarily is you – know, super excited to be in front of the camera all the time or is, you know, really letting people into your your world. You know, some people just aren't wired that way. Um, and he kind of said, yeah, like he's talked to Crosby, he's talked to McDavid about how in the lead up to that first season, there's just so much attention and you almost start to doubt yourself. It's kind of funny to hear a guy like Bernard say that because he's so self-assured, so confident on the ice. But he was like, between talking to McDavid, between talking to Crosby, I wanted I wanted to know like is this normal that it feels like I'm being overhyped, um, and and obviously you know fast forward about a month after that conversation with us at the media tour, and he certainly lived up to the hype, so there's no problems there, and he just he's I wouldn't say he's revolutionized how players shoot the puck, but he's certainly taken what Austin Matthews incorporated into his game with the the launch angle 
and the way that he, he places his hand on his stick and taking it to another level. And we're going to see a bunch of Bedard copycats down the line. Give it three or five years, there's going to be a first overall pick that shoots either similar to Bedard and thus similar to Matthews, or is that at some other level that we we can't even conceptualize at this point. So that's what really jumps off the page for me is that he's he he eliminates all doubts about his size just because of how elite he is at shooting the puck and how strong he is, how his he has that low center of gravity like Crosby. And in watching him, your mind starts wandering in terms of what he may be in five years individually and also when Chicago finally builds a respectable team around him. So it's been pretty much, you know, five stars across the board. I remember early on the first few games, he was having these really long shifts. His average ice, or his, sorry, his average shift time was was either top of the league or top three. And I thought that was a bit of a, a red flag, but but also you could understand it given what he, what he used to play in junior. Um, but I think he's corrected that a bit. And that was literally the only thing that jumped off the page in a negative way. So the, this guy is ad, as advertised and perhaps even better than we thought. Yeah, well, and where they're chasing games the way they have been with the lack of talent outside of Bedard, I mean, uh, I, I don't blame them for uh, having them out there and maybe stay. Hey, you've got another op- if you've got another chance in you, give it another 15 seconds. But obviously moving forward, that's something that they do want to, uh, want to get down. Um, Patrick Kane going to the Red Wings. Uh, who are the teams that you heard that were in the mix, and what was the uh, what was the deciding factor that got him to the Motor City? Teams in the mix: Panthers, Stars, um, Bruins, to some extent. Um, those are the ones that that are part of a group. I mean, there's a there's kind of eight to ten teams that were at least poking around, and I, I find this actually quite quite the interesting uh, development as far as. If you look at it from Kane's perspective, you know, the guy's made $115 million over his career. He does not need more money. So the fact that he's signing for $2.75 million and it's just one year, it's like whatever because he's he, not chasing money at this point. But then you look at the other side of it, it's like, okay, so if you're not chasing money, then you're chasing another cup, a fourth cup. Um, and I, when I look at the Red Wings, at least this season, uh, I see a, a playoff contender. I don't see a cup contender. I think that that jump from not making the playoffs to contending for the cup is not uh, unprecedented, but it's certainly very difficult. And just from watching them again, I've seen huge improvements. I've seen uh, a reason to be interested in them in general, if you're Kane, but for him to, 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 to spend one of his remaining last remaining years in the NHL in Detroit is very interesting. Now, is it a stepping stone to, you know, a two or three year contract uh, after the season's over perhaps. So this is maybe, you know, test the waters while the team is maybe making the playoffs and then hope that they continue to improve. And then there you go to end your career. You are, in fact, contending for the Cup. So I thought that was interesting where he could have went to better team, a better team. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. But obviously, when you go the other way with it in terms of his mindset, Alex it such a strong uh, relationship there as far as off the ice and on the ice. He... Patrick Kane assisted on 72 of DeBrinket's 160 goals uh, in Chicago. So keep in mind, too, that there was a point when they they weren't even on the same team uh, for, for the end of DeBrinket's time in Chicago. So that's a, that's a huge number. Um, they had a ton of chemistry there. And 
I also found from the, the Red Wings perspective that this is a nice next step for Iserman and, and his big grand plan of rebuilding this club. Uh, they go 25 years of making the playoffs and it's been seven since they haven't. And people are getting impatient and he's built sort of around the edges uh, for the last two off seasons of bringing in a lot of veterans and, and turning it into a respectable NHL team. But I think now you start really tinkering as far as adding more one-dimensional pieces. So uh, Patrick Kane, never going to do much for you defensively, but can he be, be on your right flank on the power play? Can he set up a guy like Debrinkit and, and work with a guy like JT Comfer as the second line where Comfer is the defensive guy, Debrinkat's the trigger man, and Kane is a setup man? Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that happening, right? So with with the low risk of, of one year and 2.75 million and the fact that there's still cap space to add more. I liked it from De- Detroit's perspective with the caveat that this could all uh, not be a sham. That's the wrong way to put it, but all uh, kind of come tumbling down. If five games into this, uh, it turns out that Kane can't, can't skate properly or, or can't do X, Y, and Z because his hip uh, just hasn't quite gotten back to normal. Cause that is a possibility, even though we're hearing that the, everything's going fantastic after his, his hip surgery, well, uh, the track hear, record is not great. We wouldn't hear any different right now, too, as he's signing with a new team. Sure, I mean, sure. everything's all good until it isn't. Um, and listen, even if he's a diminished player, he'll still be lethal on that power play. I mean, that's one thing that's not going to leave him. It is funny, though, to went to Detroit, because one of the other teams that we knew were sniffing around on him is the Buffalo Sabres. And he, he is yeah. a Buffalo guy. That kind of would have been a neat spot uh, for him to go. And Detroit, Buffalo, and Ottawa were that group of three teams on the outside looking in that everybody thought were ready to take that next step. And so far, it seemed like Detroit has been the team that's actually fulfilled that potential. They're in a playoff spot as we have this conversation. Meanwhile, Buffalo is just middling 10-10-2, a straight-up 500 team. And the Ottawa Senators, after getting shut out last night, now 8-9 on the season, they do have a bunch of games to make up, but they're well back in the standings right now. And um, I just found it, I found it somewhat curious that, you know, many people, everyone sort of had their own opinion on which one of those three teams was going to make that boost. I was a little partial to Buffalo or Ottawa, and yet it's actually been Detroit that's been that team, John, who, uh, you know, had a great start, fell back a little bit, and then got right back into their winning ways and, you know, have managed to, bottom line, manufacture points on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, I would say the one thing about Detroit that's different about, or within the mix of those three teams with, with Buffalo and Ottawa, I think Detroit probably has the highest floor. I think Buffalo probably has the highest ceiling. Eh, maybe Ottawa. Um so there was sort of a baseline for, for Detroit, I think, that they were going to hit, let's just for argument's sake, say 85 points minimum. Um, and then the other ones, you go, oh, where can Buffalo take this after such a promising last season where expectations were so low? Okay, the expectations have risen. They're all a year older. This Devin Levi kid's coming in. They added some depth on the blue line. Okay, like it's it's everything's trending up. But I think we forgot as a hockey community that, one, Last year, there were very few injuries that the Sabres dealt with, and this year, Tage Thompson's been injured. Uh, Dylan Cousins has dealt with something. Alex Tuck has dealt with something. Uh, you know, Jack Quinn's been out the entire season. 
So things got thin real quick up front for Buffalo. And also now that they're past the building stage and want to actually try to make the playoffs, well, guess what? They have to play some semblance of, of defense. And there's been some growing pains there with with what uh, what Granado's been doing behind the bench and that translating into wins. Some nights they look fantastic, the, the Buffalo Sabres. Sometimes they look completely lost and lethargic and over, like they're overthinking it. So I I was on the same page as you. I, I thought that Buffalo was that one team, if we're looking at the Atlantic, that would break through. And I thought Ottawa would, would have been right behind them. And I thought, like I said, Detroit high floor, but I didn't think the ceiling was there. And I still don't think that they're going to go on this magical run or something. I think that they're – they may make the playoffs here. They're in a really good spot at the moment. Um, so it's quite a, quite a fascinating turn of events, especially when you throw in the fact that we all questioned what Boston was going to be able to do huh. without Krejci and, and Bergeron. And I know they're on a bit of a skid right now, but still they're off to a fantastic start for the first quarter of the year. Um, Toronto's been kind of up and down, but they're still in it. Toronto and then, has five uh, regulation wins. Yeah. Yeah, not good. <laughs> like, like that. I mean, hey, I always say it doesn't really matter. I mean, without three-point games, if you're getting two points more often than not, you'll probably be a playoff team. Sure. But it is a little surprising just how meh the Leafs have been for the majority of the season, even including their wins over in Sweden. Yeah, especially when you incorporate Florida into this discussion, right, where – okay, they don't have Montour or Ekblad to start the season. It's like, okay, game over. Like, this team is going to sink. And they've arguably been the most surprising development of the season, I guess you could say, Vancouver out west. But uh, Florida, there were just so many signs. Uh, you know, long playoff run. Okay, how is that going to affect the guys that are that are healthy? And then you've got these two absolute crucial defensemen out for, for an extended period. And guys like... Oliver Ekman Larson are stepping up. I mean, who had that on their bingo card, right? So props to Paul Maurice. Obviously, uh, your listeners will know him well. He's found a nice soft landing in in Florida. 0-4 oh, and and... against the Jets since he dipped. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> I'm sure your listeners are like, yeah, take that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that game that the Jets played on, uh, on Friday against uh, uh, Florida in Rick Bones' return, uh, bonuses return might have been their best of the of the year. You mentioned it, but you know, like how big of a surprise to you is the Jets and where they're at right now? Because I mean, it's a five on five team. They've been one of the best in the league. Connor Hellebuck's played a lot better, but didn't have a great start. And yet the Jets are playing Dallas right now, right there. I mean, there was a three way tie on the weekend for first place in the Central. I mean, I love their the haul they got for Dubois. I know that Velarde's been hurt, so. Kind of incomplete at this point, but I think IFL has been a tremendous addition Big time. to the forward group. Kapari, obviously, you know, it, it, like his ceiling, I'd say at this point is limited, but he's still a contributor. You mentioned Hellebuck, Connor, Kyle Connor, as we discussed last year, just completely underappreciated as a goal scorer and has really taken it uh, to another level this year. One thing that jumps out to me is that third line of Lowry, Appleton, and Niederreiter, arguably the best third line Dominic. in hockey. Uh, yeah, I was actually just looking it up, and I mean their their expected goals number are it's pretty outrageous, fifty eight point nine. And there's been thirty nine lines that have played together for a hundred plus minutes at five on five. They're twelfth out of those thirty nine. 
uh, and you've got some some real star-studded lines that they're competing against in the, in that category. And they're just producing flat out at five on five in terms of goals for and goals against. Uh, when you take away the expected model equation of it all, so there's that. I mean, you see Perfetti starting to to look like the player that we thought he would be when the the, the Jets drafted him. Morrissey is not this one hit wonder of of breaking out last year and then and then fizzling out. When I look at the the Jets, I see a lot of good but not great NHL players and then that's not necessarily an insult like they've you know they've got a really solid lineup and they do have uh some studs there with Hellebuck, Connor, etc. So yeah, I thought that this season could really go sideways for them uh even though they had that stability of of those big monster extensions in, in the offseason. Um but they've they've proven us wrong and props to the entire organization for um, being able to keep this thing with the arrow up during uh, bonuses uh, absence there. Cause again, that's another hurdle where does this thing go sideways because of, of some instability. So yeah, yeah it's prop, props to the jets. Scott Arneal deserves a lot of credit, but the entire team and Rick bonus talked about it just before you came in on just how, and listen, it's funny hearing Rick go back to this right now and how much better the room is right now because you always hear every team say, oh, we're super tight-knit, we're really close, this is a great room, a great bunch of guys. But they're talking the talk and walking the walk this year, and it has been uh, great. Last one for you on the way out. Um, I just have, quickly have to touch on Dean Evanson um, getting the pink slip yesterday. His goalies can't make a save. His top players have been well below their standard. Matt Boldy's got one goal. They invested seven years and 50 mil in that guy. Um, it sounds a lot like Edmonton a few weeks ago, um, minus the $15 million cap hit that they're uh, dealing with right now. Um, was this inevitable, or uh, did he get a raw deal? Uh, maybe a little bit of both in terms of, as you mentioned, Andrew, they're threading such a, or trying to thread a needle here with, with the Wild and, and the the dead cap that they have from the Prize and Suter buyouts that the margin for error is so thin and they had such strong performances from their goaltenders last year and Kaprizov really went off again. And when your your top goal scorers, Kaprizov and you, as we mentioned, Boldy, and the goaltenders are not performing up to their standards and then you factor in that you're working at such a disadvantage with 15 million going to, to no one on your roster, uh, Next thing you know, Wild are where they are. And, hey, like they have an absolutely horrendous penalty kill. Um, they've allowed goals left and right. Some of that comes down to coaching. Uh, some of it comes down to the personnel, a.k.a. what the, the GM did. And some of it just comes down to a lack of execution on the, on the players themselves. So confluence of events. I think Evanson's a pretty good coach, like probably average NHL coach. I'm not going to sit here and say he's you know, the best in the world, but... I'm sure he'll get picked up sooner than later. And I just don't know where the, the wild go from here as far as the situation that they're in and the fact that you can only do so much with with this dead cap. Hopefully they go to about the 12th overall pick and they miss the playoffs. That's what we all hear in Winnipeg. <laughs> like We are going to miss the Dean Evison-Rick Bonus rematch on the 30th of December considering the way the team ended. Hey, just before we go... Uh, I have to ask you, how often do you get mistaken or told you look like Seth Rogen? Because <laughs> half of the comments in the chat right now have been Rogen-related for the last 10 minutes. 
That's awesome. Well, it's funny because uh, I swear people, so people bring that up all the time, but they'll bring up different aspects. They're like, oh, you sound like him or, oh, your laugh sounds like him or you look like him. So it's like, what is it? And then when I see pictures of him, I mean, I don't see myself, Seth Rogen. May, I can see maybe the laugh or maybe the voice, but it, you're, let's just say uh, your listeners are not the first people to, to bring it up. Super bad John Mattis of the score <laughs> with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk today. Fun chat, man. Let's do this again real soon. Appreciate yeah. it. Fill people in on what you got cooking at the uh, score these days. Yeah, not writing uh, the next Seth Rogen film. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, nothing really to promote off the top here other than if you want to check out my reaction to the Patrick Kane signing, go to the score app and check that out. Otherwise, I just follow me Follow me on Twitter. That's, that's your best bet as far as reading uh, my next my next story that comes through or, or down the line or listen to me on podcasts and whatnot. So it's at M A T I S Z J O H N no space, no underscore, just Mattis John. And uh, thanks for having me on guys. Always a pleasure and, and happy to come on again. No problem. Well, we'll do it again soon. And uh, maybe talk about a big national article on uh, Canada's team, the Winnipeg jets. <laughs> thanks so much. There you go. Have a good one. There's John Mattis. Uh, we're going to uh, focus back in on the Jets in tonight's game with Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press coming in just a minute. But again, big game tonight. Uh, tickets available. If you haven't already um, and you're able to join us at the game tonight, should be a great one. But the Thirsty Thursday deal continues. Thirsty Thursday with WST on Thursday night against the Oilers. How does that sound? Um, get on over to winnipegjets.com slash tickets for those deals. And uh, hopefully you jumped on some of those Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals. Some great, great deals going into the holidays for tickets to see your Winnipeg Jets. And, uh, of course, there will be some other packages being released in and around the holiday season. But let's focus on this week right now. Connor and Connor, back-to-back. McDavid on Thursday. Bedard on Saturday. And, of course, a big one tonight. And then next Monday, Carolina We'll get a chance to see the 48s worn by the Winnipeg Jets for the first time out of three games this season at home. Um, gang, uh, Remo, maybe if you want, after Mike, we'll announce two more qualifiers for the Vita Health Contest. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, folks, we got this beautiful autographed Trevor Linden jersey, complete with the Certificate of Authenticity, which we'll be giving away in a marble race on Thursday for the final day of Men's Health Month along with this full package of supplements from Prairie Nat- from Prairie Naturals, which is Canada's number one men's health brand. So just head over to winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. If you haven't already, get your name in. We'll announce two more qualifiers later on today. We'll do two more Wednesday, and we'll do two more on Thursday. And then everyone that's qualified will get a marble, and we'll give this sucker away Thursday to finish off Men's Health Month. Of course, as it is Men's Health Month, Prairie Naturals offers Canada's number one line of men's health supplements, helping men address the challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance on sale all month at Vita Health with six Winnipeg locations. And of course, online at their fully shoppable website at myvita.ca. Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Say, uh, our friends at Wallace and Wallace are, you know, the go-to folks for fencing and overhead doors 12 months a year. We've seen their fences all over the city, as you will, as the leader since 1946. Um, but as I mentioned, they're also the leader in overhead garage doors. And that overhead garage door of yours 
Had lots of ups and downs this summer and fall, but it's about to work a whole lot harder heading into the winter because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. And, you know, I gave a big thanks to Gary Parks, who made a nice November donation earlier, and Gary, a regular everyday listener, as is his son, our good friend Andrew from F Apparel. And uh, the F guys just had a wild Black Friday sale with some of the biggest deals all year long. Uh, and now it's time to get ready for the holidays. Guys, if you need to up your menswear uh, collection or your closet heading into 2024, get on down to F Apparel. Uh, of course, gift cards, a very popular gift at this time of year. And if that man in your life would like to maybe jump on a beautiful new suit, some golf pants, custom chinos, shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, made to fit as only F Apparel can, or the best selection of menswear accessories, get them an F gift card right now for the upcoming holiday season. Pop down and see them in person at 190 Smith Street, and you can check out more on everything F has going on online and make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. All right, let's uh, get ready for this tilt tonight and bring in Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, what's going on? Welcome back to the peg. How are you? Doing good, uh, doing well, Huss. After a uh, little time away last week, well, Kenny had the Jets on the road, of course, uh, a little holiday time, and good to see the Jets back home. Good to see Rick Bonus uh, this morning. Uh, of course, he rejoined the team on the road trip, but for those uh, those of us media back here in Winnipeg, it was a chance to get to see and talk Rick up close, and he had some interesting things to say. I know you've touched on it a little bit, us. How about his comment about the differences between this year and last year when the Jets, of course, got off to that hot start? I found his comment about the room to uh, be very interesting when he mentioned that the room is a lot better <clears throat> this year than it was last year. That's uh, that's an interesting development, don't you think? Well, I, I do, and uh, especially considering... What were we hearing right now at this point last year as the Winnipeg Jets enjoyed a very, very nice start to the season um, and had, much like this year, I think exceeded most people's expectations. It was a lot of talk about the room. Now, I, I think we saw in the second half of the season, maybe that was somewhat blowing smoke. I, I will say, and I think most would agree with me, that it feels different this year. A big part of that is the leadership starting off with Adam Lowry, um, and I couldn't tell, Mike, whether this was a, a, a guarded mention of addition by subtraction on some players that are now long gone and playing for the New York Rangers, one in particular, um, or just credit to everybody with the way they've stepped up and rallied around a real captain like Adam Lowry. But it was hard not to notice that, Mike, that um, of what Rick Bonus was saying, at the same time giving a lot of credit to his club, but at the same time, I think showing that, you know, while this process started last year with the move made in training camp, as he mentioned, that, you know, there was still a long ways to go. And uh, Remo, while we get Mike back in here, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, 
Adam Lowry has been such a big, big part on the ice and off the ice by the example that he's setting with, uh, you know, with his third line and as the captain right now. And the early results and just the feeling around the team, I don't think could be much better. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We're talking about MVPs, and I uh, agreed. I would consider Adam Lowry uh, as an MVP candidate. You see him bringing in uh, the leadership, wearing the C, but also his on-ice play. I mean, his line uh, for a while was with the top line on the team. They were scoring goals, uh, shutting down the other team's best. Uh, so, uh, you know, Adam Lowry, I think he's certainly done a lot uh, for the team culture, but also uh, you know, on the ice as well. Okay, I think we've got Mike back with a uh, with a better connection. Um. Mike, you know, I was just sort of mentioning, you know, what Rick was saying. And, you know, like, I don't know how much this has to do with Blake Wheeler being gone. It's kind of hard to have this conversation without mentioning that in some fashion. Uh, but the way everyone has bought in, I think, rallied around Adam Lowry to begin with. Um, and the fact that they're putting their work boots on each and every day playing with a level of consistency that we certainly didn't see. Even in the great start last year, the start was very different with the way right. they were winning hockey games. Yeah, you don't think uh, Rick Bonus was referring to David Riddick and Kevin Stenland and Saku Manalainen, Huss? <laughs> it was all Stanley's uh, fault, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, can't help but, you know, when we hear comments like that and you look, okay, what's changed? Obviously, and Rick did make mention of the, the leadership change last year. Uh, and I, I think, you know, now with some passage of time, I think we can all appreciate that having uh, Blake Wheeler around and in the, the circumstances uh, of last year, it probably would have been very awkward for everybody. And that's now behind them. As you mentioned and Remus mentioned, uh, Adam Lowry has certainly led on and off the ice. Uh, you know, he's leading by example. He's on pace for a career season, doing and saying all the right things. This is his team. He's put his stamp on it. And when the Jets are, I think, all better for it. You know what, Mike? Um, we have a really bad internet internet connection with you right now. We might need to get you out of the red because we're just on the verge of dropping you at all points. I mean, maybe if you want to disconnect, we can either get you in a different spot or we can jump on and do it over the phone. Um, but Reem, if you can, just while we get Mike back up, if you can't, I, I want to play this clip again because we're kind of talking about it. Mike just reset it. There were some people that probably didn't catch the start of the show. This is that clip number four um, as it's labeled in the show notes. Um, bones on the difference between last year and this year. Let's play this again if people missed it, and then we'll bring Mike back in, hopefully with a better connection to, uh, to, to break it down a little bit more and then get into tonight's game. I, I, our depth, for sure, our balance. I think the room is in a much better place than it was last year. Like those moves we made last, go back to 22 training camp, we made moves and we opened up the room and it's starting to, it's starting to show itself why we did that. And I think the room's tighter. I think the culture here is outstanding. And because of the players, um, it starts with that off the ice. That's where it all starts. You got to have that chemistry. You got to have that culture off the ice. So th this team is a, is a tighter team off the ice, and it's showing itself on the ice. Now, you know, I, you're, you're talking about what could happen. It's our job as coaches now that we know this team better. We know what we look like when we're playing well. That's our job as coaches to stay on them, stay on the individual, stay on the lines, the deep pairings, stay on them and talk on, on both their details and their preparation for the game. 
was saying too that maybe the roles are more defined and maybe even there's more selflessness. And more sorry, what? Selfless. They're more yeah. selfless. Yeah, they, this, this team, you know, I, I, they don't care who scores. And they, and they recognize when guys are blocking shots, and they, it's all respected in that locker room. And so, you know, guys might not score, but if they save a goal, that's just as important as, 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 as uh, scoring a goal. And the guys are recognizing that. They've learned to recognize all the hard work and things that you, it has to be done by guys who don't score a lot. But they're doing a lot to keep the puck out of the net, and that's just as important as the guys that score the goal. So the roles are different, but the status has to be the same. So there's bones from this morning. And uh, Mike, as I mentioned, like we've heard this team and players and coaches say the exact same thing that Rick yep. Bonus has said for a number of years. I guess what it comes down to is I believe it a lot more right now. And I think we're seeing it a lot more day in and day out on the ice and off the ice with this team. Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, I think back to that game a couple of weeks ago when Nashville was here and that was the game Dylan Sandberg blocked uh, nine shots uh in that game alone i think he had nine of the 16 that night nobody had more than one except him and several of them were of the extremely painful variety and i remember looking at the bench as he hobbled off uh, after one particularly painful sequence and honestly Hus, the bench was alive you know the same way it would be alive you know if nikolai ehlers is going end to end like he did the other night or you know, Kyle Connor rips a beautiful one-timer or Connor Hellebuck makes a tremendous save. And so you got that sense that just what Rick Bonus alluded to today, that uh, they're all in, the investment's there. And I think, us one of the things that is very important when talking about these current Winnipeg Jets is just to appreciate some of what they've gone through as a group. Rick Bonus mentioned and other players today, Brendan Dillon and Adam Lowry, talked about the importance of a couple of these long road trips they've had kind of early in the year here um, to, to kind of reacquaint themselves with each other, spend a lot of time together, um, you know, and, and get to know some new players that obviously came in. Um, and I think we've seen the bond really tighten here. And, and don't discount that this team has gone through several emotional incidents. You know, obviously what happened with Rick and Judy Bonus. Um, you know, made a real mark on this group. And Rick Bonus, as we've seen, he's beloved in that room. And, you know, the team, they certainly didn't miss a beat with Scott O'Neill behind the bench, but, you know, part of their thoughts and prayers were certainly with the Bonus family. What happened with Adam Johnson and the connection to Neil Pionk and others on the team. And I think these Jets, you know, they've been there for each other. And so when Rick Bonus often talks about this group being a family, and that's something you hear quite often. Uh, they've had some opportunity early this year to kind of put those words into actions. And we've seen this group come together. And, you know, so that's why it seems like they're they're in every game, even when they lose, you know, like the other night. There's no quit in them. And I think this is a group, Huss, quite frankly, that um, if you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, there's probably a lot to like about these guys and, and the way they're playing, their style of game, the personalities around the team, the leadership of Adam Lowry. They're a pretty likable group. And, you know, at the end of the day, obviously it's a results-oriented business. Well, the results have been there as well to boot. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned the likability of this team. And I can tell you from talking to fans every yeah. single day on the show, in the community, at a bar top, at a game, um, 
There's almost no comparison right now between this unit and the teams of the last few years, even though many of the individuals are the same. Um, and there's a lot that's gone into it, but um, I think it goes back to what Bonus has said. And really at the start of the year, everyone that is here is all in. They want to be a part of it. And I mean, it certainly gets tiresome hearing for the last few years about which guy wants out, who's going elsewhere. There's none of that right now. And I'll tell you what, why would you want out when your team's playing the way the Winnipeg Jets uh, have been? Um, what do you expect tonight? How do they bounce back from uh, a tough loss against Nashville that ended the winning streak um, with the memory of their previous loss to Dallas two weeks ago, um, you know, on their minds as well? Well, I'm I'm really uh, curious and, and excited to see what tonight brings. And not just because I, as you just mentioned, you know, you wonder how the Jets respond to their first loss in regulation here in quite some time. Um, a game that they certainly, I think, played pretty well through stretches. They, you could say they deserved better in that first period uh, than certainly than a one nothing deficit. They had so many chances early and often and weren't able to score. And then, of course, you know, they fall down by three, but they, they mount a pretty significant comeback uh, that was really close to at least pushing that game to overtime. So there was some fight in the Jets, and you think that they will, uh, will certainly try to pick that up. But I'm really curious to see what we get from the Dallas Stars, Huss. I don't know if, if folks have checked the schedule. They've actually been off since last Friday. And that game on Friday likely left a really bad taste in the mouth of the Dallas Stars. They were in control of that game at home against the Calgary Flames. And they imploded in the third period. They gave up four goals four straight goals, and they ultimately lost 7-4. to four. We think of Dallas being a team that's, you know, very responsible defensively. And to give up a touchdown, as they did in that game, uh, that was very uncharacteristic of the Dallas Stars. They've now had some extra time to let that uh, ruminate. Uh, and I don't imagine that they're going to come out anything but ornery tonight uh, with their first chance at kind of redeeming themselves after a, a real rough game. Um, so it should make for a, a really interesting contest. You got, you know, if you believe the whole team coming off a road trip, the old hangover kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. In the modern NHL, is that even a thing, the way the players travel? The Jets took yesterday off. They canceled practice. So they've certainly had some time to recover. Um, you know, it wasn't rigorous travel back from Nashville on Sunday night. And I think this is a Jets team that... Uh, they didn't like how the last game against Dallas went. That was the only blemish on the last homestand. They won the other four games. And I don't imagine the Jets want to get this homestand off on the wrong foot with another L against uh, a team that they're right now competing for first in the Central with. So it should make for a really entertaining tilt. you got two teams kind of out to maybe redeem themselves a little bit uh, from the way the last game went. And uh, two very talented teams. I think patience is going to be the key, Huss. Um, kind of like what we saw in Florida. And the Jets did a masterful job of waiting that game out, not getting away from their identity or what they're trying to make their identity. They didn't panic. They didn't cheat for offense. It was a one-goal game until well into the third period. They waited for the Florida Panthers to make mistakes, and they pounced. And I think a similar blueprint game plan against uh, – 
a pretty similar Dallas Stars team uh, would be the key to success tonight. Well, and a hell of a goaltending matchup tonight as yep. well. Connor Hellebuck gets back in um, after Loren Brassois got the uh, the start against Nashville. And I don't know. I mean, you were away last week, but I, I, had, I had said on Monday or Tuesday going into the game that, and maybe this was I'm trying to manifest it, <laughs> um, that Hellebuck was going to, you know, we saw just how good he was in that third period against Buffalo. He had four days off before the next game. Um, he had a real strong game in Tampa and was brilliant against the Florida Panthers. And, you know, that that eight that his save percentage started with last week, that would be the last time this season we'd see it start with an eight. And that prediction looks pretty good right now. Um, of course, he had the night off. wasn't a great night for Lorraine Brassois, but he's back in to presumably start another run this week. Um, it was Wedgwood last time for yeah. Dallas in that game in the afternoon. Um, but just thoughts on where Hellebuck's at right now going into this game, presumably where he'll play again on Thursday and potentially even again on Sunday. We know how he likes those matinees against the Blackhawks. Um, and how much they'll sort of lean on their goaltender who um, to really try and get him on a run of a bunch of really solid Connor Hellebuck starts. Yeah, I mean, Connor Hellebuck, to me, I know he was saying even earlier in the year when his numbers weren't where we expect them, that he still really liked his game and thought he was playing well. But I think we could all see, Huss, that he didn't look quite the same. Um, Connor Hellebuck, when he's at his best, he is big. He is boring. Uh, Connor Hellebuck early in this season, I mean, how many times were we seeing him kind of swimming in his crease or out of position? Very uncharacteristic of Connor Hellebuck. And, you know, there were times where it almost felt like he lost the net in terms of where he was, his positioning. And that's just not like him. Uh, one thing we know about Connor Hellebuck, he, uh, he's a student uh, of his craft and he spends a lot of time a lot of time watching video with Wade Flaherty we see it on the ice they come out early Wade Flaherty's got the iPad out going over things they do it on the bench and you know even Huss when Connor Hellebuck doesn't start as he as was the case Sunday in Nashville he's not even on the bench he's back in the room and he's watching video um, you know, he's a guy that that is always trying to get better. So I have no doubt that even though he was saying that, you know, he felt his game was where it needed to be, he recognized that he was probably doing some things that kind of weren't weren't his usual high standards. And to his credit and, and the team's credit, I think they've quickly got him reset. They got him right. And we've seen, you know, the Connor Hellebuck of old uh, in his last few appearances. And yeah, tonight, I mean, this is as compelling a goalie matchup as you get. Huss, if, if, if you were sending a, a team right now to the Olympics and a U.S. team, uh, would, would these be your two starting goaltenders? I, I think, you know, Jake Ottinger and Connor Hellebuck, they're right there. Certainly. Yes, that's yeah. a simple answer. It's yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you got, you know, the two best, probably the two best American goalies going at it tonight. Um, you know, and that's why I say patience is going to be key. I know that the Stars gave up seven the other day against Calgary. That That's an anomaly. Uh, you're, you're not putting up a touchdown against this team very often. Um, you know, I expect something along the lines of what we saw the last time these two teams played, albeit with Scott Wedgwood in that uh, a pretty low-scoring, low-event kind of game. 3-2 was the final. 
Um, you know, as always, special teams are going to play a role tonight. Is there going to be a lot of penalties? I expect there'll be some physicality. The Stars like to play kind of a heavy game. The Jets are comfortable playing that kind of game as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the with the goaltenders tonight, uh, it's pretty marquee. And in fact, Huss, you look at this whole homestand, right? You got a battle basically for first place in the Central tonight. You got Connor McDavid who, what, he's put up, like, back to nine points in the last two games. Connor McDavid appears to have found his game after some struggles. Oh, then we get Connor Bedard in after Connor McDavid, the first time that he's going to play here. And I expect the barn will probably be filled with a lot of folks from uh, the Regina area who might be making the trip uh, east to see the guy that they used to watch with the Pats. And then they close out the homestand with the always exciting, high-flying Carolina Hurricanes, another kind of litmus test against a really good Eastern Conference team. This is a great homestand, Huss, and, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how this next week plays out. Well, speaking of this homestand, Mike, we know Hellebuck's going tonight. I imagine he'll go again on Thursday against the Oilers. Considering the start that Loren Brassois had to the season and the game that he had um, on Sunday... When, like, like, what do you make of Brassois' situation, which I think we can all agree has changed considerably um, since he signed and the uncertainty about Hellebuck now being here for another seven years? Um, you know, they've got this afternoon game, which normally has been Connor Hellebuck's time to play, a Monday game against Carolina, a very good team, and then two days off before a game against the Avalanche, and then another two days off before the Ducks. Yeah. Like there's no back to backs until the middle of December. When does when does Brassois get back in? Oh, I think he probably does play Saturday against the uh, the Hawks. Huss. I think that's probably the plan here. Uh, and then his next game would be one of those back to backs. Uh, I believe it's San Jose, San Jose and Los Angeles. Uh, so he'll get one of them. They're they're playing San Jose first, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that's the team that's obviously the the much weaker of those two teams. But, yeah, I, I don't think the Jets are going to let Brassois go. What would essentially be more than two weeks between starts and not give him the net again until that back-to-back in California, um, you know, I, I think he probably gets Saturday. But I guess if the Jets really wanted to switch it up, uh, they could give Hellebuck Saturday and, and then give um, Brassois the net on Monday to close out the homestand against you know it's not a four-pointer it's not a divisional game um it's not even a game within the conference um you know so obviously carolina has a very good team but you know so maybe the jets let hellebuck run three straight here then they then they give him uh, a night off against carolina and then they get him focused for what should be another great matchup next week in denver um you know with the team that's right there with dallas and winnipeg right now but yeah I, i think Brassois will get one of those last two games on the homestand. My bet would be Saturday, but it's possible that they wait until Monday. Hey, uh, we got a great crew in here on the live show right now. Well over 400 in the chat. And uh, well, let's get those thumbs up, folks. We only got a 126. Do us a favor, hit that thumbs up and make sure if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and be a subscriber to Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's completely free. And if you do miss the live show, you'll be able to jump on YouTube later and it'll be right there ready to go for you about as convenient as possible. Um, Mike, I think many of us were expecting that Gabriel Velarde would get back into the lineup tonight. That is not the case. Certainly sounds like he is a possibility for Thursday. Um, 
This might be the last time we ask this question. Um, uh, where does he fit in? And was there any clarity at all from Rick Bonus today? With uh, uh, Probably not because he wasn't on one of the top four lines. He was the extra forward. Um, but how do you see that shaking out, at least to begin with, when he's back in? Well, Rick Bonus the other day, I know Kenny asked him, uh, I think when they were in Nashville, about how that might look. And I found Rick Bonus's comments kind of interesting that he said, you know, we're not going to throw him in 20 minutes a game right off the hop here, kind of not going to throw him right into the fire. And, you know, it almost made me wonder, Huss, like, does he come back in actually on the fourth line? Um, you know, and, and obviously power play, he'd be on uh, one of the two units, probably the top unit. But is it possible that they ease him in and maybe he plays with Morgan Barron and David Gustafson and he just knocks Axel Janssen Fialbi out for a game or two until he can get his feet back? I wouldn't totally rule that out. I do wonder, and look, this is not a knock at all against Alex Ayafalo or that top line, but, uh, you know, I, as good as that Connor Shifley Ayafalo line was going a couple of weeks ago, they've cooled off a little bit. I think they're still doing a lot of really good things. Um, but I think the other development most recently is Ehlers, Nemesikov, Perfetti. They're really going well right now. And I think if you're just kind of taking the temperature of where the team's at, maybe you're loath to break that group up right now. And you're almost more comfortable in potentially putting Velarde back where he started the year with Shifley and Connor. And then maybe it's Alex Iofalo who actually eventually moves down uh, to a fourth line role. I, I know it would be a, some would view it as a huge demotion, first line to fourth line. But I think it's important to remember, again, with this group, the depth they have, the way they utilize their four lines. Like, we're not talking about a fourth line that only plays six or seven minutes. The ice time would still be there. He'd still be on the power play. I do wonder if we do see Velarde back with Shifley and Connor uh, very soon uh, upon his return. You know, it's funny because, you know, the one the one possibility that I think uh, many of our media guests that have jumped on would be putting him into line two with Ehlers and Perfetti. And potentially moving Perfetti back to center, potentially having Velarde play at center, and having Vlad go back to the fourth line. Right. Pretty hard to complain about what Nemestikov's doing right now with those guys, though. And I mean, the one thing that you don't want to change too much right now, a move with Velarde to the top line would also probably, I would anticipate, move Mason Appleton with the season he's having down to the fourth line. Because yeah. I do think that on paper, I mean, Iafalo uh, uh, and Nino on the wings of Adam Lowry is the best third line we've had in theory, um, but they haven't played very much. And as I said, I mean, you can't give anything but an A grade to Mason Appleton for what he's been doing with Lowry. I mean, good problems to have, I guess, but there is also the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, for sure. And then to your point there, if if you were to put Ayafalo on the third line, move Appleton down to what is essentially the fourth line. We know Mason Appleton and Morgan Barron have a lot of chemistry. Uh, they were the flanks for Adam Lowry for a huge chunk of last season. On the third line, if Barron and, and Appleton are now your fourth line wingers, probably with David Gustafson to start and then maybe Rasmus Kapari when he gets back. Again, now a deep forward group is even deeper. And um, as you say, very good problems to have. Uh, I am a bit surprised Velarde isn't going tonight. I do wonder if they're just being extra cautious. Again, Dallas plays a real heavy style. And again, I think the Jets, they're not in a panic situation because they're playing so well. They, they won't be the feel that they have to rush him back or anything like that. 
I'd be surprised, Huss, if we don't see him uh, return on, on Thursday night. Um, you know, I, I think his return is very close. Part of it is the Jets haven't had a whole lot of practice time here. I think they want to, they got him in the morning skate today. They'll get him in a full practice tomorrow. I think if everything goes well, he'll be in the lineup on Thursday. Beauty. Mike, um, hey, listen, next Wednesday, no game that night. WST holiday party in uh, support of the Christmas cheer board. Would love to see you out there if you're able to join us for a couple and maybe some a couple slices. Some ice cream from Nick and Nicky DQ. You can take me on in the bubble hockey game there. So, oh, yeah. uh, Huss, I would, I would absolutely. Love, I'm actually going to be in Denver. Oh, of uh, course. I am on the road, on Ken. I am on the the next road trip. So yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be in the Mile High City. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll be there in spirit, though. I'll put well, it that way. We will, we'll set up a challenge match on that bubble hockey game I will between take a me and you at some point on that. I'm looking forward to getting down on it. Um, hey, enjoy the game tonight. Thanks very much for doing this. Say hi to Piper. Yeah, we got uh, we got the Royal Rumble happening right behind me right now with Piper and Bodie, or Survivor Series, more like it. <laughs> Uh, I better get to this before someone grabs a chair or a table. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All right, there, take care. There's Mike McIntyre. We're going to uh, chop it up some more on the visitors tonight. Coming up in just a minute with Saad Youssef from The Athletic in Dallas. Uh, before we do that, of course, we had big bomber news today. If you missed it right off the top of the show, Kyle Walters is back. Ted Gavaya is back. Danny McManus is back. All two-year deals. So the brain trust moving forward of the bombers will be the same, although we know that the team will be changing and Buck Pierce, allegedly, uh, reportedly a finalist for the head coaching job in Saskatchewan. All our Bomber reports are brought to you by Princess Auto, proud sponsor of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk, and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them just in time for the holidays at either Panit Road or Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Speaking of holiday shopping, um, for the Winnipeg Jet fan in the family or your circle, for the Bomber fan, for just the hardcore sports fan, take care of them with one visit and one stop at the sports superstore, Royal Sports. Thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, including tons of exclusives, personalized jerseys, and more. Same goes for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And all 32 NFL teams represented the Blue Jays in Major League Baseball, Raptors, and the NBA, and of course, international soccer gear from around the world as well. All of that, and of course, snowboards, skis, and the best hockey selection in town for over 40 years. Royal Sports, get ready for the holidays at 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Instagram for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and great holiday gift ideas. Hey, I did mention that uh, party we're doing next Wednesday at Little Brown Jug. The uh, link is in the description. Every cent going to the Christmas cheer board. So get your tickets right now and make sure to join us. A big thanks to our friends at Boston Pizza who will be uh, firing over a bunch of their famous gourmet pies for us to get a few slices on while we're enjoying Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. Huge thanks to BP for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And if you're not at the game tonight or Thursday, the next best place is your local Boston Pizza. I guarantee it'll be better than that Vikings-Bears game we sat through last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, Ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas and more, and a bunch of great new treats on the BP Appy menu as well. Make it Boston Pizza tonight, and if you are staying at home, you can always order online 
at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's head down to Dallas and get ready for this tilt tonight. Uh, great to welcome Saad Youssef of The Athletic for a big Central Division matchup. Saad, what's going on? Great to have you on WST. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> big tilt tonight here in the peg between, uh, you know, it's been sort of a, at one point on the weekend, it actually was a three-way tie for first place. The Avalanche have put up a couple wins since then. And now we have this head-to-head matchup for the second time this season between the Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars. 20 games in for Dallas, how impressive has this start been? And what have the keys been to the way they've been playing, albeit up until about the last week when they've had a couple uncharacteristic losses? Right, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was going to say, like, you know, I think the the start of the season was, was really good. I believe they were uh, 11-3-1 and uh, through the first 15 games, which was actually in, in Pete DeBoer's 15 years coaching in the NHL was his best start ever. Uh, so they started off really, really well. And now, um, as you know, they've lost three out of the last four. Um, granted, one in overtime, so they were able to get a point. But, uh, but still, it, you know, their, their play has dropped off a little bit. Um, it's been, I think, the most impressive thing about the Stars to begin the season is how they've been able to rack up points, even though they're really not playing well except oh well they're not playing to the level that's expected of them anywhere except for maybe the penalty kill um other than that the power play has been sluggish the five on five has been up and down um you have certain certain players certain characters that are playing really well of course Matt Duchesne is at the top of that list for Dallas right now uh Wyatt Johnson's taking a really great step in his second year as well after being a strong Calder candidate last year so um there is there is definitely, um, you know, some of that where, you know, you feel like they're racking up points even though they're not playing at their best right now. You know, that um, that game earlier this year, um, and it was a huge sports day in Winnipeg. The Bombers were playing in the West Final later on the afternoon. They moved the game up. And, um, you know, the Jets came into that one having won a few in a row. And frankly, until Sunday, that was the last time that they'd lost um, that 3-2 game, I, I imagine we'll probably see a relatively similar game, although we expect Jake Ottinger to be in, and it should be a great goaltending battle because Connor Hellebuck's really kind of stepped his level up since uh, since that point in the season. Um, but I don't think we'll see much different than very tight, hard-fought games between these cl- two clubs because, obviously, Rick Bonus knows this team very well. And um, Peter DeBoer knows how important these head-to-head matchups are within the Central Division. And uh, I think we got a taste of that a couple weeks ago and where these teams are at right now. I think Winnipeg feels like they probably owe them one. And Dallas, from what you just mentioned, really looking to get back on track after kind of falling away from their play, especially with that crazy third period against Calgary in their last time out. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and you know, they're coming off of a stretch in which, you know, they, they played three really competitive teams. And, and there was uh, started with Colorado, then they, they, they lost 6-3 to Colorado in, the, in a similar way that they just lost to Calgary. It was a, it was a meltdown at the end of the game. Um, then they flipped the script against New York and they beat them 6-3. And then they played uh, Vegas really tough to overtime and lost on kind of a fluky goal. So, you know, they, they've played a, a run of good teams. And I think now Winnipeg is kind of part of that. You know, it was funny the other day we were sitting in the press box and, and one of the, one of the writers that was sitting next to me was just like, when did Winnipeg, like, when did Winnipeg get up here? Like, well, like, how did this happen? Well, it was, it's kind of always been like, this is Dallas and Colorado's race. 
and Winnipeg has kind of like you know crept its way up there. So it's been it's been impressive, and I know this is going to be a big one for Dallas, uh, to, you know, to show up on. Yeah, the Jets have entered the chat side. They are uh, yeah. they are here, and uh, and this should be a good one tonight. Nice comment from Craig Smith in the chat. Just subscribe to the Athletic. Love it. And uh, Craig Depp Murat will be on uh, tomorrow, I believe. Great piece on Mark Shifley and Cole Perfetti. A must read for Winnipeg Jet fans, and uh, just another example of the quality quality journalism we get from the Athletic. Um, Saad, I, I do want to ask you about Ottinger in particular. In that, you know, Mike just mentioned, in all likelihood, if we were getting a best on best tournament or an Olympics, these two guys would probably be one and two for um, for Team USA. Um, I don't think we know much about Jake Ottinger. We haven't seen him much in the media, certainly here north of the border. Um, what makes him tick? And like I know Connor Hellebuck, I think, looks ahead when he's playing a Soros or when he's playing a, a, a an Ottinger and looks at it as a a personal challenge as well. How um how big does Ottinger look at these opportunities, not only for his team, but also for himself when you think about the bigger picture as you know, trying to maybe stake your flag in the ground to be that number one for USA whenever we finally get best on best hockey. Yeah, no, for sure. I, you know, I think uh, the best way to describe Ottinger is, um, you know, I, if you if you go back, I don't know if you watched the Last Dance documentary um, with, with Michael Jordan. There's a lot of there's a lot of those tendencies with Jake Ottinger. He loves being the villain. He loves playing on the road. Um, you ask him, he loves he loves having a high shot volume. Um, he enjoys playing on the road more than he does at home um, because he likes because you know that's just kind of his element. And so um, he he's he's really you know he's one of the most competitive people that I've ever met um, in covering the sport. And I think what makes him go and and what's really impressive about him is how much he's developed technically. Uh, you know he has the size and all the tangibles that you look for in an NHL goaltender, but now. If you watch him, the way he plays inside the crease, the way he moves laterally, the way he plays, uh, the way he puck handles. And, you know, he's he's also been a big beneficiary of, you know, the way that he's kind of come up in his career in the sense that he had Ben Bishop there for him really throughout his early days in Dallas. And then he was kind of made this uh, tandem with Anton Udobin in his rookie year. And then the second year when the Dallas sent him down and before they brought him back up, he had Braden Holby in his back pocket, um, you know, to tutor him as well. So he's had a lot of really good mentors. Uh, Jeff Reese, the goaltending coach in Dallas, is one of the most respected in the league. And so Jake has been, you know, kind of along with his personality and his skill and everything like that, it's kind of been the perfect storm. One other guy I wanted to ask you about is Jason Robertson. And I say this as a guy that picked him quite early in my fantasy league. Um, like, you know, you look at the numbers and he's just one point off a point a game pace. And that's pretty good. He's leading the team in the, in the assists, but we think of Robertson as being a guy that scores a lot. Um, has he just had a slow start? Is this a small sample size and the puck luck hasn't been there? I mean, uh, where's Robertson right now coming into tonight? You know, that's, that's a good question. And it's something that, you know, in, in Dallas, we're trying to figure out what, what exactly is going on as well, because, uh, like you said, it's one of those weird things. You look at the stat sheet and you're like, well, you know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong here. Uh, but I think before last game, he was riding somewhat of a nine-game streak without a point at five-on-five five or something like that. So the point is the power play has helped a lot in, in, in kind of stacking up some of those points. Um, 
But, you know, we saw something in the Minnesota series and the uh, Seattle series in the first two rounds of the playoffs last year for the Dallas Stars that Jason Robertson was neutralized in those two series. And it looked like it looked like teams have figured something out in terms of taking away the time and space for Robertson and seeing how he reacts. Because remember, Jason Robertson was a second round pick in 2017. And the knock on him coming out was, I mean, the reason why you can get a 109 point score in the second round is because the knock on him was his skating. And, you know, when you take away his time and space, how is he going to react? How he's going to create? And I think that's still kind of, you know, to be determined in Dallas as well. The way that he plays, the way that he works, personally seeing him every day, have a little doubt that he's going to figure out uh, another way to kind of go about it. Um, it's more about a matter of when than if. But that is what's kind of going on right now with Robertson. And, uh, and you know, it'll be interesting. He, he also thrives on some of those environments, playing on the road, doing all those kind of things. Um, I, I know in Winnipeg he had one of his best games of his career uh, a couple of years ago when he had the hat trick in overtime. And so, um, you know, I think, I think he, he, th- this road trip going on the road against the division could be good for him as well. Saad Youssef of The Athletic is with us from Dallas getting ready for uh, Jets Stars tonight. Hey, uh, before we go, I know you cover the Cowboys. I've got to quickly slide over. I'm very interested in what the uh, – I mean, listen, we know the Cowboys are about his public team. They're America's team. Everyone's all in on the Cowboys, and their record is great. But to be honest, you can say about them the same thing as the Miami Dolphins, that they have they don't really have a signature win. They've killed a lot of bad teams this year but we're still waiting for a win against a winning team. Now, I personally think they should have beaten Philly when they played them earlier on, but what uh, what is the vibe around the, the fan base of the Cowboys? Is it cautious optimism, or are they all in? The Super Bowl is coming to Dallas this year, not kind of looking at maybe the, the, the light schedule that they played so far before it gets a lot tougher. Yeah, I would say... It's not. I would say it's it's really neither. It's not cautious optimism, nor is it being super gung ho. It, it's more just complete pessimism. It's it's all. It, it's looking at everything with with this like with this side eye of we don't really like, we don't really believe what's happening right now. Like we don't really believe any of this is really real. Um, that's the that's the pulse of the fan base right now, um, and I think it's going to be that way until the Cowboys do something. Not even in December. It's going to take until January. Um, you know, for them to do something in the playoffs because we've seen them be good in December. We've seen, and, and right now, you know, they have pro- probably they have maybe the best defensive back in the game in Duran Bland. They they have a quarterback who's playing at the highest level of anybody in the league since Week Six, since that debacle in San Francisco. Um, and yet, the pessimism is still kind of there for Cowboys fans. Um, for you know, how real is all this? And so, um, my my retort to to that is. You know, unfortunately, one way or the other, you can only play who is on your schedule. They had a really bad loss against San Francisco. They had a fluky loss in Arizona earlier in the season. And then I'm with you. I think they really should have beat Philadelphia. So, you know, they're a good team, um, but we're going to learn a lot about them uh, in the next month or so after, you know, the schedule really ramps up here. Yeah, well, they're a big favorite against the Seahawks on Thursday night. And then we'll benefit from the extra long week getting ready to host the Eagles on Sunday night football on the, uh, the 10th. That is going to be, uh, I mean, that'll be a heck of a game. And then they do have a road game in Buffalo, although the Bills aren't what we thought they'd be. Dolphins as well, Lions and Commanders. So they're getting a chance to play some of those teams with winning records down the road. Um, But as long as Philly stays a couple games up on them, it does look like, 
It'll be another road game to the winner of the NFC South and then probably a date with the number one seed. Uh, but never a dull moment around Dallas. How long were the guys, those guys thinking about their celebration to have the gall to put the turkey legs in the Salvation Army bucket to pull out in the midst of a blowout against the Commanders on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, it was a, it, it's, the planning for that started, a, uh, I want to say, two or three days before Thanksgiving. And so, um, you know, during the standard coaches meeting with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones was there as well. Um, and so, yeah, about 48 hours or so before the game, uh, they kind of, you know, orchestrated the whole plan to have turkey, turkey legs everywhere. And it was amusing because after we got done um, with all the media, you know, press conferences, locker room, um, I went back on the field and you still had bags of turkeys, uh, turkey legs in those uh, kettles um, way after the game had ended. I, I would say like an hour after the game ended. So this was great to have you on the program. Thanks very much for doing this. Uh, there should be some great games between Winnipeg and Dallas as the season goes on. So let's plan to do this again a little later on and uh, really appreciate you jumping on with us before a big central division tilt tonight. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And, and also just, you know, I just want to add really, really nice to see Rick bonus back and, and, you know, everything with, with Judy, um, you know, progressing hopefully in a, in a good way. Um, you know, anybody that's, that's worked with Rick bonus from a media standpoint, players, anybody knows that's one of the most classiest individuals in, in, in NHL history. So I just want to say, you know, really happy to see him back on the bench. Well said, Saad, and a great visit on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Enjoy this game tonight. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you. Good stuff. There's Saad Yusuf. You can read uh, him in The Athletic covering the Dallas Stars and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, all right. I see some breaking news from Bravo Bry in chat that there's going to be a uh, emergency press conference today from the Blackhawks at four o'clock this afternoon to discuss the Corey Perry matter. So hopefully we can get a little bit of clarity and everyone can just move on and uh, leave a certain 18 year old superstar alone as well as his family. Uh, I would assume that that was what the, uh, the goal will be that anyways, great spot from sod. And I cannot wait for this game tonight. Um, and if you are going to this game tonight or joining us on Thursday for the Oiler game or Saturday afternoon, when Bedard and the Blackhawks come to Winnipeg, don't forget, if you haven't been there yet this year, um, some great new additions to Canada Life Center. None better than our favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug, which you can now pick up at Craft Beer Corner in the Upper Bowl and the bar at Section 310, as well as downstairs near where the old Moxie's was in the newly revented north end of the building outside Section 26 at Craft Beer Corner. Not only can you get their iconic 1919 flagship brand, uh, my favorite arena beer now is definitely Little Brown Jug Generic. And, of course, you can pick those up at the game tonight. You can grab them at your favorite local beer store for the holidays. And you can certainly grab them at Little Brown Jug at William Avenue. And do not forget, a week tomorrow is the WSD holiday party in support of the cheer board. Tickets are on sale right now. There's a link in the description of this video as well as at winnipegsportstalk.com. Would love to see a bunch of you podcast listeners as well that maybe we don't interact as much with daily in the YouTube chat. Come out and join us. We'll uh, be doing a raffle there with some great stuff from Little Brown Jug and a couple of other prizes that we'll put together. Uh, and every cent from the ticket price goes to the Christmas cheer board. And we'll also have uh, some pies coming in from Boston Pizza. 
and Nick and Nikki DQ supporting the event as well with some ice cream treats for a little bit later on. So Wednesday, December 6th, we'll see you there. Get your tickets now before our capacity is reached. And I mentioned Nick and Nikki helping us out with uh, the event. They've been helping us out since day one as day one sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pop by and see them at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, or DQ Niverville. And don't forget, especially if you're in the Niverville area, they've just opened up the Pita Pit in Niverville. Oh, Pita Pit is so good. A favorite of Remus's. Healthy, fresh, delicious, fast. And they do great catering as well. If you would like a catering package from Pita Pit and Nick and Nicky, hit them up on Instagram or X at Pita Pit Niverville. All right, let's get Remo back in here. And um, great stuff. Saad was a nice addition to the program. Enjoyed the conversation with John. And, of course, no shortage of Jets topics to get to with Mike McIntyre on the show today. Yeah, a lot of Jets, uh, a lot of NHL topics, too, with John there to start. You know, we had, uh, yeah, Corey Perry uh, contract termination, Dean Evason getting fired, um, Patrick Kane signing. So there were a number of topics there. And, yeah, Jets... uh, and stars big tilt in the central division. Gabe Vlardy not playing. That's what we were talking about. The Jets lines. It's so funny. Like how they've been basically the same uh, since the injury, which usually isn't the case, but they've been playing well. Connor Hellebuck looks to keep it rolling, but a big test against Jake Ottinger. And uh, interesting to hear Sud say, you know, Dallas really hasn't got it rolling. I know their power play very strong last season. And, uh, Jason Robertson just had a, a total breakout. Um, not as strong this year with the power play middle of the pack, 14th in the NHL. But you know their top line, uh, one of the best uh, in the league with Hinson Pavelski. But I, I was looking down their lineup. I mean, he mentioned Matt Duchesne having a strong season. I think people kind of wrote him off, although he finally was pretty good in Nashville. But their, what is it, their third line uh, I thought was strong with Jamie Benn, uh, Wyatt Johnston, who... Kind of is under the radar, a uh, really good young player. Goal-scoring leader for rookies last year yeah. in the NHL. And, he's, and uh, no, he's definitely a player. And Dadunov as well on that third line. And uh, I think their fourth line is is good too. So, I mean, this is an up-and-down lineup. This is a solid solid team. And, yeah, it's them, Colorado, and the Jets battling for first in the Central. Love it, love it. Got to get this one tonight. Get this homestand started off on a winning note. Hand the Stars... Return the favor from uh, that Stars win in Winnipeg a couple weeks ago and uh, get back on another winning streak after their uh, most recent one was snapped on Sunday night in Nashville. And it's funny, we talk about Hintz and Pavelski, and Hintz is an awesome player. Robertson's a star. Pavelski's a legend. Um, and we haven't even mentioned who I think is their best player, and that's Miro Heiskin. And on the blue line, he'll be paired up with oh, yeah. former Wild cast-off Ryan Suter as the Wild continues to pick up the tab from that buyout along with Zach Parise, which uh, certainly contributed to the demise of Dean Evason. Um, hey, oh, before we get to the cool bet lines, uh, shout out to today's qualifiers for the Trevor Linden jersey giveaway. Norm Gradecki, well done, Norm, and Ernie Waldner. Guys, congratulations. Make sure to join us around this time on Thursday where we'll be doing a special marble race for the end of Men's Health Month. And uh, you've qualified. you got a chance to win that great signed autographed Linden jersey, complete with a certificate of authenticity and the full line of Prairie Natural supplements. Get on to winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest to enter 
to qualify. We'll pull two more names tomorrow and two more on Thursday and then drop them for a bonus marble race with a great prize this week. Again, business as usual coming up on Friday. All right, let's get to the cool bet lines. There is a lot going on tonight in the National Hockey League, and I have done... I don't do this often. We have put together a WST parlay tonight for the Jets game. But Remo, a very busy slate of games tonight. Um, Devils hosting the Islanders. Devils minus 163 favorites. The Panthers coming off that win last night in Ottawa where there was nobody left on the bench after Garrett Rank gave everybody 10s that was on the ice. That was quite humorous. (laughs) Um, The Panthers plus 122 underdogs. The Leafs. Minus 143, Tampa playing on the second end of back-to-backs. The Canes, who we'll see here next week, minus 161 favorites in Philly against the Flyers. Uh, The Wild with their new coach, John Hines, at home hosting the St. Louis Blues. And the Wild have a lot of catching up to do in the Central Division. They're a minus 163 favorite. I don't think the Wild, no matter if they have a new coach or not, should be that much of a favorite against the Blues um, but they are tonight. Blues plus 138 if you want to jump on the underdog. Very close to a pick in between the Penguins and Preds. UC Saros rolling right now, and the Predators winning five in a row to get back to 500. Penguins minus 110. Preds minus 106. The game here in Winnipeg has the Dallas Stars as a favorite of minus 119. Jets to win on the money line plus 102. Uh, the Kraken are in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Seattle's at minus 187. The Blackhawks are plus 158. Um, this is, I think, going to be my cool bet play of the day today. The Tampa Bay Lightning coming off a loss last night. They are playing back-to-back. Um, but, you know, Colorado's rolling right now. They won again last night. They're now in first place in the Central. But I think the Lightning uh, get back in the win column tonight against the Coyotes. Tampa's minus 122. The Coyotes are plus 104. And then a team we're going to see here on Thursday, the Edmonton Oilers, who have looked more like their old selves the last couple games against the Vegas Golden Knights, who have it. Vegas losing last night on a softie on Aiden Hill in overtime. Vegas plus 120 playing on the second end of back-to-backs and the Edmonton Oilers minus 141. Uh, Anaheim's lost six in a row. They're in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Canucks minus 252. Anaheim plus 210. I think that'll be a pissed-off Canuck team after losing in regulation to San Jose on the weekend. Uh, But that is the full slate of games. Now let's go over to the exclusives. And if you go down to the bottom, just click Load More. The Winnipeg Sports Talk Parlay is there. We've got a Jets win. Mark Shifley to score a goal. Josh Morrissey to record a point, plus 525, if you want to ride with me on that one. And then in the lock shop section, Dusty and I, we like he's got a, I think there's an Edmonton Sports Talk parlay, yeah. Oilers to win, McDavid two points, Nuge and Hyman each to record one point. That's plus 285. Um, but our partner parlay today, we stayed away from the Jets and Oilers games. We're on the Devils to beat the Islanders the Lightning to beat the Coyotes, and the Canucks to win by two at home against Anaheim. That one is in at plus 550 right now in the Cool Vet exclusives. And shout out to everyone that rode with us last night. Remo, the only thing that made that god-awful Monday nighter worth it was hanging out into the fourth quarter to see Justin Fields go over his rushing prop combined with DJ Moore and Jordan Addison, and uh, we cashed another 5 to one or 
We've been killing the book in the in the uh, exclusive parlays, but I think they made some money last night because there was a lot of money on Minnesota, and what a disappointing loss for the Vikes last night. Yeah, that was uh, a pretty rough one. Um, Justin Fields went driving uh, the length of the field to kick the field goal at the end. Uh, DJ Moore, I'm sure some people uh, won or lost their fantasy leagues based on that uh, catch him going over the 100-yard mark. and. Just such a dog like shit game. I mean, it was terrible. That's for lack of a better word. I'm I'm sorry. Like it was, they couldn't do any offense. There were multiple turnovers by both quarterbacks. Just a poorly played game. One touchdown that happened at the end uh, in the fourth quarter there with by a TJ Hawkins. Then just these primetime games have been uh, awful. Uh, really, really bad. So. And it's you know, funny, like, I'll say this, like, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, you like the CFL, like, oh, there's so many bad, like, look at this, this crap that uh, the NFL has put on repeatedly, so. Oh, listen, there's uh, a, yeah. there's a handful of good teams and everyone else is just whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, the Steelers They're so are bad. seven and four with a point differential of like minus 23, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They're in a playoff spot. The Browns have no quarterback. They're in a playoff spot. And Gardner Minshew has the Indianapolis Colts in a playoff spot right now. And then I got on the other side. The Vikings are still holding one down at six and six. The Falcons are getting ready for a home playoff game right now if it ended at five and six. <laughs> They're so bad. They don't have and, a quarterback. Uh, you know, Seahawks, Rams, a lot of mediocrity outside of the, the top teams on uh, on both sides. It was funny though. I mean, I've been I've been sick. I, mean, I had a big weekend. I wanted to recover yesterday. I went to bed after the show around five thirty. Just all have a nap for an hour and a half, and then watch the Monday nighter. Well, I obviously needed it because my alarm went off. I must have hit it and just went right back to sleep. I woke up at eight thirty, going, "Oh my god, I've missed the first half of the game." Turned my phone on, looked, and it was three three at halftime, and I just laughed. I'm like, "Well." I obviously did not miss much. Oh, we missed a bunch of turnovers. I'm not sure whether the clock has struck 12 for Josh Dobbs, um, but that's a that's a very costly loss for Minnesota, who now heads on to their bye week at six and six on the season. Um, all right, well, big one tonight and a big week going on, folks. Thanks again for all the November donations. We had a couple days left in that. And again, uh, trying to help out the Christmas cheer board with the uh, tickets for the holiday party next Saturday, 7 p.m., Little Brown Jug. Hope to see you there. Get your tickets in the link in the description. Tell your friends. And uh, let's have a great night coming up there for a very, very good cause. I'll look forward to seeing you all there. But first, we'll look forward to seeing most of you or many of you on Thursday for the Jets and Oilers, our next Winnipeg Sports Talk game. And again, check out the Thirsty Thursday promo. If you didn't get in on our package, see if you can grab a ticket somewhere near us. You can join us uh, outside the bar of 316 before the game uh, and at the intermissions. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Great stuff today. Shout out to Remus. Great production. Saad Youssef of The Athletic, Mike McIntyre, Winnipeg Free Press, and Seth Rogan lookalike, John Mattis. Um... 7 o'clock puck drop tonight. And uh, obviously K&R will be doing their thing afterwards, Illegal Curve as well. And we will be back tomorrow uh, at 1 p.m. And if you haven't already, by the way, and you've joined us already, go into the YouTube channel or the podcast, 
Connor Rabchak, who joined us yesterday on the show, another bang-up job of Jets this week, recapping the uh, end of the road trip and then setting up this big homestand, which begins tonight against the Dallas Stars. Thanks to all the sponsors for making uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk happen and all of you for jumping in and making us a part of your day. Uh, maybe we'll see you at the game tonight. Say hi if you do. Be up in the Upper Bowl as usual. And uh, you will definitely see me tomorrow with Michael Remus here. 1 p.m. Going to break down Marat Atesh's great piece in The Athletic on the Mark Scheifele Cole Perfetti connection from the offseason. And much, much more coming out of tonight's opening game of the homestand, a big central division a, a dip battle against the Dallas Stars. Enjoy the game tonight, gang, and we'll see you tomorrow 1 p.m. right here on WST. Oh, my God! Oh! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.